Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Real Ghost Stories Online.com, I'm Tony Bruschi, and this is Real Ghost Stories Online. The radio show. Thank you so much for joining us on YouTube, where we are currently broadcasting. Press that subscribe button if you would, please. You will not miss any future episodes then. A couple thousand folks have already done that. I should say more than a couple thousand. I think as of uh, this broadcast, we're getting uh, edging up on the 9,000 subscriber area. Right around there. Yeah. Hopefully, we can uh, you know, double that, triple that, quadruple that, uh, five opple that. I don't think five opples word. But, uh, you know, more the better. The more the merrier, right? It'll be a gay old time. Uh, just uh, subscribe, please. Uh, that, uh, that helps us grow the show. Helps us uh, make this show what it is. Of course, if you have a real ghost story, this is a place to share it. Go to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button and tell us your ghost story. Uh, or you can always call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and leave us your ghost story on our little nifty uh, little nifty answering machine thingy. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. may even call you back and say, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about this story a little bit more. Uh, we'd love to hear your ghost story. That's what we do here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, if you'd like a bonus episode that's not published... Well, 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 well. Then tell somebody. Tell your friends about the show. Put a link up to our show on YouTube, uh, on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, whatever you use. Send me a screenshot of where you shared the show to your followers and your friends. Uh, Email that to me, Tony at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, T-O-N-Y at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, and I will then reply right back to you with a link to a bonus episode that only folks who uh, feel like sharing the love get. That's what we do here. We thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. Letters, calls, great stuff today on the show. Let's go to one of those calls to uh, to kick things off. Uh, phone number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story. Hello, what is your real ghost story? Well, my ghost story is my granddaughter stayed the night one night, and she asked me to go find the rest of her tea set. Okay. So I'm in the room she's staying in, going through the toy box, and I'm going through the tea set. I pull out uh, several pieces, and I thought she was behind me, so I'm handing her the pieces. Mm -hmm. And when I get done, I turn around, there's nobody there, and I go in the the living room, and I say, where'd you put the pieces I gave you, honey? And my husband says, what pieces? She's been sitting in here with me all this time. And the next day, they showed up after she left on the bed. But I don't know who I handed the pieces to, but I handed them to somebody. When you realized that you weren't handing them to her, did you look around the house right away to try and find them? Uh, yes, I looked, and we couldn't find them. I thought they was playing a trick on me. <laughs> that's... That's creepy. Who was she handing the pieces to? Was it a ghost child? I suppose if you didn't see who it was, it really could have been any sort of entity. 
that's where it gets kind of freaky because you wonder what else is here. It's one thing when you know what you're you're being haunted by, what the ghost is, or at least you have a, a, as good of idea as you possibly can as what that is that's that's haunting you. Something completely different when it's completely up in the air and you have no idea what sort of entity is there. Let's go to a letter. This one comes just uh, from Kelly. This is a short letter. This is one we were going to try and get in in the last episode, but I ran out of time, so I'm going to start with this one. Uh, Kelly writes, I might start by telling you that I grew up in a haunted house. I'm living in my family's home in upstate New York, close to the Canadian border. I'm in college, so I don't get on to many family trips. One summer, my mom, dad, and sister, and my sister's friend went to Florida. I stayed behind because I had biology labs and I couldn't miss them. I had fallen asleep on the sofa. I woke up to the sound of piano music playing. I figured it was music coming from the bar down the street, and I fell back asleep. I woke up and remembered that it was Tuesday. The bar wouldn't have had a band that night. The weird part is, when we moved into our house, an old piano was there. The old owners never came to get it. I always get a weird vibe from that piano. As a kid, I wouldn't go near it. I wonder why the old owners left it behind. That's the letter. I'm wondering they could have expanded a little bit more. Is that piano still in that house somewhere? You know, or was it, uh, you know, being played without a piano actually present? That's always interesting when you hear ghost stories of music. You hear that quite often, and most times, it seems, at least in the stories I've heard, music is not necessarily accompanied by a pleasant spirit. Most often when you hear of music being played, it's accompanied by an evil entity of some sort. I don't know why that is. You'd almost think music because it brings people so much joy in life that it would be accompanied with a, a happy presence, but more times than not, it seems to be the other way. The phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, or right into us. That's what fuels our show, is your letters. So if you have a real ghost story, we would love to hear it, long or short. You send it to us through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And don't forget that bonus episode to give you. If you share with a friend the show... How do you do that? You just put a link up to our show, either to our YouTube page or to one of our episodes or to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Then you email me a screenshot of where you shared that link, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or whatever the case is. You email me, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and I will personally reply back to you with a link to that bonus episode that is privately published just as a thank you for the folks who share the love and share our show. Let's go to another caller before we go to another letter. All uh, right, over here. Hi, you're on the air on Real Ghost Stories Online. Go ahead. Uh, I moved in this house when we was, I was about nine years old, and as soon as we moved in there, my mom started having, well, I thought with nightmares, she said that she'd wake up in the middle of the night, and this guy would be standing over her, this ghost, you know. There was an old cellar-type basement, and I was down there just kind of looking around one day and they had like the concrete walls with the dirt mm-hmm. and 
with some, there was a picture there with a little bit of dirt over it, and I got it, and it was this guy, and I took it upstairs to my mom and showed it to her, and she immediately threw it. I was like, well, what would you throw it for? She said, that's the guy I've been seeing standing over me. So this was probably a previous resident of the house. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Did he die there? Is there any story to that that you ever found? I don't know. We never did check into it, but we didn't end up living there much longer. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't blame you for, for not living there much longer. You know, I, I can honestly say I have never lived in a haunted house, as far as I could tell. I had an apartment once, or at least I thought it was a haunted apartment. It was very brief as to what that encounter was. I can't say any of the homes I've ever lived in. I felt like there was another presence there. You know? I almost, I almost feel left out. <laughs> For someone who's really into the topic. I've never had it, you know? Um... I've worked at some radio stations that uh, have some some hauntings going on at them. Um, and actually, I want to make that a whole topic of some future episodes. And I, I, it's more than one. It's more than one radio station where there's been ghost stories involved. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know, actually three. When I think back, there's been a total of three different stations I've worked at in all different parts of the country that had ghost stories associated with them. And you almost wonder with all the energy that's you know, going out of those transmitters and to see electricity that's flowing through those walls and those rooms, I guess it would make total sense that a radio station is a perfect place for a haunting because there's so much excess energy that can be tapped into if that's what they're using to, to manifest. In one of them, I, I felt the weirdness. Um... And the other two, not so much, personally. But uh, other folks cannot say the same. If you have a real ghost story, give us a call. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. That is our phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Tally writes into us with this next ghost story. I trust that you will believe me on this because, honestly, not a lot of people do. Well... Tally, unfortunately, that's that's the nature of ghost stories. A lot of lots of folks uh, don't want to believe. So we will take you at your word, and uh, and hope that what you're uh, you're telling is is a true account. As a disclaimer, I came to you guys because from what I know, you're willing to talk about things from the other side that never necessarily lived on our side. My story is a bit intense. And I have a picture to prove it taken from my cell phone. And I believe... I believe Tally sent that to us, so maybe we can publish that picture uh, on this uh, story on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. A little background information. I am 17 years old and I come from a small town with literally nothing to do. My life was mostly normal, aside from an unusual act that might happen every now and then. I've always been open to any possibility, so as a child, I never told myself something wasn't there or didn't happen. I was more prone to investigate and believe. As an example, one Sunday morning, while I was maybe seven or eight, I was in my kitchen spinning around like little girls do, and while spinning, I happened to catch out of the corner of my eye a boy standing in the next room. He was about the height and weight of my brother, but his back was to me, and that's who I thought it was. I stopped spinning and went to meet him, but there wasn't anyone there. I checked the entire room to make sure I hadn't somehow missed him or 
Maybe he had somehow left. But honestly, there was only one door, and I'd walked right through it. I turned when my dad approached me and asked him, Did my brother just, uh, just, just go by here? And he told me no. I never got an answer to this, but my point is, I never told myself that things like this didn't happen or that I was just seeing things. I always took them for what they were, strange. Not to switch subjects, but my house, the one I've lived in my entire life, was built in the 1800s and was a fixer-upper. My parents bought it before my birth. He told me a story that one night while they were sound asleep in their bedroom, things didn't feel right. Things had felt off all day and that they thought it was nothing. They both woke up at the same time in a cold sweat, panting as they looked at each other. In the corner of the room, they knew something was there. And my family is Christian, so they were very religious, and we definitely believed in prayer. Anyways, as they looked in the corner, they saw something moving towards them, almost gliding slowly towards their bed. It was tall and looked like a humanoid figure made out of static or white noise. It floated over to them and started to reach out for them, and they felt like they couldn't move. They told me it was most certainly not a friend, that it wanted to cause damage of some sort. My mother and father closed their eyes and prayed, and when they opened their eyes, the entity was gone. Shortly after, they cleansed the house and hadn't seen the thing ever again. I'm telling you this because I think either it didn't leave the house, or maybe there were more spirits in the house, because I have been surrounded by spirits my entire life. Don't get me wrong, I've never felt unsafe in my house like my parents did, but I've always felt like something was there. The real story isn't my house, however. My real story started two years ago, even though a little backstory never hurt anybody. I have a lot of family in the Carolinas, and I visit there often. Around spring break of 2012, I was in North Carolina in a hotel, and I woke up with the most strange mark on my leg. On my leg, there was a handprint. It was long and big like a man's hand, but bigger. It only had four fingers, including the thumb and his fingers were pointed instead of rounded like a normal hand. The mark was red on my leg like someone had slapped me or held my leg really tight, but I hadn't felt anything touch me while I was sleeping. The hand was in a resting position with the thumb next to the fingers instead of on the other side of my leg in a grabbing position. So the red might have come from whatever touched my leg being hot or heated. I compared the print with my dad's hand and my uncle's hand, but the print was bigger than both of their hands. I took a picture, but it didn't show up in the image and eventually faded after some hours. I left North Carolina to return to my home in New York, and there was no activity since. I had all but forgotten about the incident until I went back to North Carolina in 2013, almost a year later. I was staying with my aunt for the summer, and things had gone normally for the first week or so, and I felt completely safe with them, except for my room. They live in a three-story house. The first floor was a basement, but it had been made into a living space, my bedroom. Then there was a living area on the floor, and the floor there is where my aunt's family slept. My aunt's dog would always follow her up the stairs to her bedroom at night, except when I lived with them. The two months I spent there, he almost clung to my side at night, following me downstairs and watching the door all night while I slept. I admit, my room didn't feel too friendly. It always felt restless, as did the dog. I woke up and went about my day normally until my cousin pointed out that there was something on my arm that I had no idea was even there. Here's where it gets worse. The thing on my arm 
was a handprint with only four fingers, including the thumb. It was the same size as the one that had happened a year prior, except that one was bright white. The hand in the direction that is physically impossible for me to do it myself and didn't fade for hours. I do have a picture of this one and I'll try to send it to you so you can take a look. I have a confession to make. Before I went on spring break in 2012, me and my friend made a Ouija board and messed around with it. Didn't really do anything and I didn't think anything of it, but I can't really ignore it. I don't know what is going on and it hasn't stopped the year of 2014. It wasn't a handprint. It was a bite mark. I was down in North Carolina for the summer again and one day on my hand I noticed a somewhat vampiristic bite mark on my hand that is also in a position that isn't exactly physically possible for me to do myself or anyone for that matter. I have a picture of this as well and I'll try to include that. I'm worried that whatever it is isn't a person or a soul of someone but that it might be something that never lived at all. This might be something that originated from the other side and has attached itself to me. Spring break is coming up soon and I'm hoping with any luck and a whole lot of prayer that I'll be unharmed this spring break. I haven't touched a Ouija board since, and as you might have guessed, I don't plan to ever again. I know it was long, but I appreciate you reading my story, and I hope it inspires people to be more cautious around things of the spirit realm. Tali, thank you for your letter. I do remember those pictures that you sent me, and we will post them on the website at Real Ghost Stories Online. They are creepy pictures. They, it's It's bizarre when you take a look at them. It's the the handprint doesn't even you can tell it looks like a hand, but it looks like you know, like a monster hand for a lack of a better term. It looks like something from a horror movie. It, it's very large and it is the four fingers and it's strange. It's not a typical handprint and the teeth marks are also very clear, too. I, I mean, if you don't believe Tally, I suppose someone could say, oh, it looks like she poked herself uh, pretty deep with uh it looks like more than a needle it, it does look to be a piercing of i guess you'd almost have to say like a pen a very sharp pen or something to make those marks but they they do look much more like a tooth mark it's very bizarre uh, tally uh thank you for sharing your story and that is something that people do need to think about is the ouija boards it's not a game it's not something you want to mess with i mean it's something where even if you are curious or if you don't believe in it, I would I would just assume error on the side of uh, not using it versus using it. Because if you think it's not going to do anything to begin with, okay, great. Then just stay there. Don't, don't open up the door to something that, that, that shouldn't be coming into your, uh, your home or you, because it's not always about an entity taking residency in a home. It's a lot of times about an entity taking residency in a person. The phone number to call is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, with your real ghost stories. We would love to hear them. Another caller. Hi, you're on the air. I was a couple years ago. I was sitting in my room and it was really late at night. It was about midnight when I woke up and I was thirsty. So I went out into the kitchen to get a drink and I got my water and then I turned around and there was a shadow on the wall and I didn't know what it was. And there was 
nothing or no one there to make the shadow. I'm assuming the shadow looked like a person. Yeah, it was like this like weird kind of shape, and it wasn't like anything in the room that could make that, and there's no way I could have made that shadow. Mm-hmm. And then I blinked, and it was gone. Like, it just disappeared. So it didn't move anywhere. It just dispelled itself. Yes. That's creepy. That's another topic for another show, the whole shadow people thing. You know, that's something that uh, Art Bell talked about quite a bit on his show uh, back in the day was the shadow people. And it makes you wonder, are, are they, I think, it, I mean, obviously it falls in the realm of paranormal, but is it falling in the realm of ghosts? Is it, is it a ghost or what is it? Is it a reflection of another dimension that could be? existing simultaneously with us. That's a whole other topic that we really don't talk about on this show because it, it kind of falls out of the the ghost category. But I, I can really see that following falling into the uh, the realm of ghosts. If you have a real ghost story, let us know and sub- subscribe to our show as well. Click that subscribe button on YouTube. That's, uh, that's where you're not going to miss any more episodes. It uh, comes to you and says, hey, here's another episode. Check it out. You don't miss him at all. Click that subscribe button on YouTube. Tell us your ghost story on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. We would love to hear it. We do not judge your stories. We just share them. And uh, we'll let our listeners be the judge. All right? That's what it's all about. Uh, 855-853-4802. You can also call that number and share your ghost story. 855-853-4802. Do 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Leave a message there. Leave the story. We may play it back on a future episode. This next story comes to us from Nicole. She writes, I was three years old at the time before my parents divorced. I remember a lot screaming and fighting during that time and physical violence. I see a dark figure at the end of my bed often and it scared me. It had no features, just a black silhouette, darker than dark. One night I woke up, my feet touched the floor and I felt a need to go to the basement. I reached my hand up, pinched my fingers around something small, and pulled. I felt it in my hand, and I ran back up to my room. I examined it in the stream of light in the main floor hallway, and it was a dove. A small plastic dove. It was a ceramic Christmas tree. It encased a light bulb. Doves decorated the outside. We turned on the dove. It would glow. I then slept with the dove under my pillow. Dove, a very peaceful bird. It's interesting. Being three, seeing those figures, and then having the gumption to go into a dark basement as a child. And somehow that's what you come back with. Another letter, this comes to us from April. April writes in, After me and my husband split up, me and my three-year-old daughter moved into an older Victorian home in Ohio. I rented the upstairs and the owners lived down below. I walked in their place to fill out paperwork and I noticed a door chained with locks. I thought it was strange and I asked about it. They said it just goes upstairs and they never go up there. Later on, I figured out that door went to my upstairs apartment, which led to my bedroom. I just forgot about it. Me and my daughter were sleeping in my bed, and about 5 a.m. I heard someone coming up those steps that were blocked off. I ignored it, but then I heard the scariest chains dragging up the steps, and I 
froze. Then I heard the door handle like someone was trying to get in. I was so scared. I usually have my cell phone near me, but I was charging it. I remained frozen. I covered up underneath the blankets and held on tight to my daughter. I then heard someone walk in with the chains. Walked right by me into the kitchen. My bedroom led right into the kitchen area. I had a sheet up because there was no door. I saw the sheet move, but I did not see anyone at all. I had a Bible opened up on the table and I heard something flipping through the pages and then everything was quiet. Then I heard the chains and something walked past me. It was gone. Door did not open. The strangest thing. And a couple days after that, my friend came over and was visiting and I told her what had happened. I was talking. I felt like someone had punched me in the chest. It's like something hit me and my friend noticed it and said, What was that? After that, I moved out. I got really sick and went to the hospital after I felt the hit. My temperature went up to 104. I was okay after I left, though. Almost as if someone or something was trying to prevent April from telling that story. That's scary. I heard uh, rumors or urban legends or I don't know, I don't know what you would call it. I guess it's it's beyond an urban legend because I believe that these stories came direct from the mouth of uh, the individual of George Lutz from the Amityville Horror when he was alive. Um, he didn't do a whole lot of interviews until very close to his death, and he would tell people or people would tell him rather, the interviewers would tell him that leading up to the interview that they had with him, that strange occurrences would happen to them. Car accidents, things, you know, cars wouldn't start. Usually things that would prevent the interviewer from getting in contact with George. And George said that this happened often uh, to various people who were about to interview him. Now, I don't have that verified or anything of that nature, but I do uh, remember him telling that story, but I don't have it verified from any of the interviewers, uh, if that's what was said. There's many stories surrounding George, good, bad, and the other. You may recall in an earlier episode, we talked with uh, the the creator of My Amityville Horror, the, uh, the documentary about... Um, one of his stepsons, who's now speaking out uh, about the case, flat out saying, yeah, this stuff happened, but blaming George for it, saying that George was involved in the occult and that George brought on a lot of the things that happened in the Amityville horror case. Something that George denied while he was alive, but uh, the stepson saying, uh-uh, that is not, uh, not the case at all. With George not being around anymore, you have to take people at their word and just respect it as two different stories. And I just heard a knock at my door. Is anyone there? It's funny when you talk about this topic, 
gives you kind of shivers. And I'm literally sitting here in my studio office, and I just heard my door knock, and as far as I know, I'm the only one here. I'm going to go open the door. Pardon me. Well, that was creepy. <laughs> I could have just stopped taping. I could have said, you know, we'll, we'll do a retake on that, but that was bizarre. Uh, there's no one out there. There's no one at my studio door at all. Time is 9.44 p.m. on 4-9-2014. I'm mentioning the date and the time because I, uh, I have a suspicion of what it may be. And we can uh, find out the answer to that. Uh, on a future episode if my suspicion is correct I don't want to talk about that right now but we can talk about it in a future episode anyway we are getting to the end of this episode <laughs> okay we're getting to the end of this episode I thank you for joining us at Real Ghost Stories Online there you go live ghost story right there right there live as we do the show I, I, and I was not put on. I'm honest to God, not put on. I'm not adding any knocking sound effect either to this tape to make it more dramatic. That just, that just happened. So I don't know that we picked it up on the mic or not. I'll, I'll check out the, uh, the tape when it's done, but that's that. Please subscribe to our show <laughs> and share your ghost story with us. Click the subscribe button on YouTube or uh, go to our website, Real Ghost Stories Online, and share your ghost story with us. We may read it on a future episode or call us at 855-853-4802. We love you uh, sharing our, our sharing our show and give you a bonus episode as well for doing that. And you uh, send me the screenshot of where you shared it. Email me, Tony at realghoststoriesonline.com. T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com. And I will, I will uh, reply back personally with a link to a bonus episode. Thank you so much. For listening to Real Ghost Stories Online, I am Tony Bruski. Have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.